This week on the reverse stick, have you taken a deep breath? Good, because the hockey juggernaut is up and running again. Tyron Barnard, Hockey Series Open Asian Games, there's just too much hockey. And welcome to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name is John Lee, my co-host Matt Allen. How are you, Matt? I'm good, John. Just too much hockey. You mean that in a good way, though, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, not a bad thing. No. It's just, there's just so much hockey. Do you know what else there's there's two of? What? The amount of goals you scored at the weekend. (laughs) I only only saw one of them, but I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, if they make it to a grand final, live stream on Instagram, it's coming. Is it really? That should be interesting. (laughs) I think I'm a penalty corner specialist now. Well, one on the left post I saw. Yeah, the other one went the right post. From the layoff, both of them. Must have befuddled the keeper. Yeah, there was a bit of befuddling going on, that's for sure. <laughs> that was after the game, though, wasn't it? Uh, no, we call that carbo-loading, remember? That's right. Befuddling's what happens to you when you do the same thing on a Friday night. John, I haven't got much time today to uh, to do the show. Can we get on with the news? We better. News! That was nearly deafening. That was pretty loud during my ear. Okay, let's get on to some of the things that are happening around the world in hockey. First up... Uh, we'll mention the Asian Games in a minute, but there is the Hockey Series Open currently underway in Port Vila in Vanuatu. What a lovely place to be playing hockey. Um, on the be pretty nice weather there at the moment, wouldn't it? It would be the men's side of things. 57th place VG up against 64th Vanuatu, 72nd place Tonga and the 88th world placed Solomon Islands. Two results so far. That uh, tournament's actually got underway today for us here where we're recording this podcast. Uh, Tonga played the Solomon Islands, and the Solomon Islands won that game 6-1. Interesting fixturing, because the Solomon Islands backed up against Vanuatu and lost that game 8-3. I don't know what you make of that. No, a, couple, uh, a couple of those teams were involved in the uh, competition in Sydney alongside the Oceania yep. Cup earlier on in the year, weren't they? Well, Fiji's playing tomorrow two games against Tonga and Vanuatu, then there's a couple of games after that before they get to a uh, a playoff in that particular round robin good luck to the the teams there we've got, we've got a young Fe- well. Fijian lad that's oh, uh, at our club John R Tong played a bit of junior international stuff with Fiji oh good boy can the boy 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 oh boy 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 he can run yeah oh jeez can he run what a stride on him but compared to you and I in fairness most people can run yeah oh yeah, yeah. Right. taking nothing away I'm still a bit injured, mate. Also, the women's tournament is going on in Port Vila as well. Oh, I'd love to go to Port Vila. Sounds like a really cool place. Solomon Islands, they're ranked uh, 63rd in the world. Tonga, 65. Vanuatu, 74. And Fiji, top-ranked team there at 59. Two games once again played. Tonga uh, lost to Vanuatu there, 9-0. And uh, Vanuatu women backed that up. 9-0 victory with a 4-2 victory over the Solomon Islands. So a couple more days, that's winding up on the 18th of August with the finals there. Uh, more Hockey Open Series coming up. We'll just go quickly through... Hockey it. Series Open. The Hockey Series. The HSO. The HSO, that's what we're going to call it, isn't it? HSO uh, coming up in Vilnius in Lithuania. This is for the women, 21st to 26th of August. Uh, 19th ranked Czech Republic, Wales at 26, Ukraine at 27, Turkey 33 and Lithuania in uh, 36th place on the world rankings. They're playing a round robin there. 
We've also got more hockey series open coming up in Niezno in Poland from the 28th of August involving Poland, ranked 21, the Ukraine at 25. Oh, sorry, I should say this isn't for men. The Vilnius tournament was for women. Yes, Poland 21, Ukraine 25, Czech Republic ranked 28, Italy 37, Lithuania 48, and Cyprus ranked at 60. Joining that, once again, a round-robin tournament to decide the winner there, no finals. And there's also another hockey series open coming up from the 4th to the 9th of September in Portugal at Lusada. It's for the men, Scotland ranked 22, Russia 23, Belarus 35, um, Portugal 36, Turkey 44, and Gibraltar coming in at 66 yeah. on the world rankings. They rock. Oh, is that one of Tyron's gems that he refers to later? When we get to Tyron Barnard, our feature are you, interview. Are you doing a Paul the Octopus again and predicting what's coming up with <laughs> an interview we haven't done yet? <laughs> I might be. Maybe you might be leading the, uh, <laughs> the interviewee there. I might be. Just slightly. Uh, that's happening for the Hockey Series Open. The big event happening in hockey, you'd say, over the next uh, week or so, is going to be the Asian Games, the 2018 Asian Games, from the 19th of August to the 1st of September in Jakarta, Indonesia. For the women, first up, India ranked 9, Korea 10, uh, China at 11, Japan 14, and Malaysia 22. That's quite a strong field there, or fairly evenly matched field, you'd think. Thailand and 28th, Kazakhstan 34th, Hong Kong, China ranked 44, um, Chinese Taipei at 53, and the Indonesian hosts are ranked 64th there. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, it's going to be a tight, that top four sort of ranked in the, uh, in the competition there. India were probably the one to be happiest out of the recent World Cup performance. Um, Korea and China and Japan yeah. all a lot to prove. Well, two pools there and, um, Essentially, you have to finish in the first two to go through to the semi-finals, and all the other games of the finals. There will be ranking games. Pretty much a traditional type tournament that one, format-wise. Um, On to the men's. So, uh, who do you, just quickly, because we can't spend too much time. It's so much in a very lengthy interview with Tyron. Um, you, well, India seemed to be the team that everybody's thinking are going to walk away with this in both the men's and the women's. But certainly on the on the the women's side of things, Korea, China, Japan, you know, ranked 10, 11, and 14th respectively. Even the Malaysian, I think Terry Walsh has made some uh, comment about That's they right. expect to make at least semi-finals. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a quite a tight competition, I would suggest, at the top of that. Yeah, look, Kazakhstan, Hong Kong, China, they've been putting reasonable performances in, in some of the tournaments that have happened over the past six months there, so... Um yeah, even Thailand have, have um, shown good form in both men's and women's. Yeah, and we, we've seen what happens when you put, at the World Cup, what happens when you put the effort in on the day, anything can happen. Now, let's get to the men's. Um, tear up the rankings. <laughs> tear up the rankings. I haven't got this written down in order, unfortunately. So, Korea are ranked 14th, Hong Kong, China ranked 45th, Pakistan are ranked 13th, Thailand 47th, Japan 16th, Sri Lanka 38th, Bangladesh 31, Amana at 33, Malaysia 12, Kazakhstan 86, um, India at 5th in the world, and it's confirmed the FIH do not have an official ranking for the Indonesian host men's team. They Which, just have, haven't racked up the games, so well, per- perhaps this tournament will now mean that, that they'll, they'll get that ranking. That may be. I'm, I'm feeling for my brother. 
who, uh, has spent many, many years living in Sulawesi in Jakarta in Indonesia and, and many years living there, married an Indonesian girl. And, and a hockey player. He's, I've taken the field with him. You have? Um, he's he, actually a bit better than you. Well, yeah, actually he's a lot better than me, but that's another conversation. <laughs> he would be devastated to think that he wasn't there and, and making himself available for the Indonesian national team because I reckon he might get in. I don't think he'd be far off, actually. No, I, don't I reckon don't. he would get... Even at 49, he'd make a strong right. showing. Shout out to Gav there. Yeah, good luck to those Indonesian guys, too, because in some ways, they're in a hiding to nothing. Um, and it'll be great for them just to get the experience. And, and you know, to tell their kids, I played against, you know, Siddhar or whoever it is from India and those sorts of things. Yeah, I don't yeah. think Siddhar's going, is he? I don't know what the the lineup is, but I think, but we, should, way, I think we should probably get ja- Jazz on next week to talk all about it. We should, because that'll be well and truly underway. I've seen that he's, been, he's been out and about interviewing some of the boys and the coach, and you'll you'll uh, if you yeah just look up Jazz Sani on Twitter and you'll get the links to some of the articles he's been writing recently. Any more on the field? News uh, yeah, yeah. Through? Just one last thing: the Paris 2018 Gay Games uh, took place in all well in Paris, strangely enough. Uh, on the men's side, London Royals Hockey Club uh, played in the final against Perth Pythons. Perth, that's right, Perth, yeah. Western Australia, um, who took out the gold in a in a sudden death on the shootout. And on the women's side, Bent Sticks Hockey Club from Sydney, uh, they were winners over, I think, over London Royals as well, by the looks of it. Um, so Australian winners in Gay Paris. Oh look, fantastic there. Now, but, but that's club ho- that's that, club hockey though, John. That's yeah. club hockey. And I think that might have been an immensely entertaining tournament to be at. I think you would have uh, had a good time. Some of the debate on Twitter was whether to um, pay the, the the fees to go to the opening ceremony, the opening party, or save it up to go to the closing party. And the consensus seemed to be the closing party was where it was at. Yeah, closing party definitely. Um, the International Hockey Federation has confirmed the 12 men and women's teams who will participate in the Buenos Aires 2018 Youth World Olympics. It will be happening in Argentina. They will be hosting it. And joining on the Argentina on the women's side of things will be Australia, Austria, China, India, Mexico, Namibia, Poland, South Africa, Uruguay, Vanuatu and Zimbabwe. On the men's side of things, Argentina... Argentina, apologies. Argentina... I've been watching too much of the goodies. Yeah, apologies to all the Argentinians out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All, all those people from Canada. Uh, Australia, Austria, Bangladesh, Canada, India, Kenya, Malaysia, Mexico, Poland, Vanuatu and Zambia. That's the men's side of events there. That's a five-a-side tournament for the, the Youth Olympic Games and it will be a marvellous experience for all of those people involved. Marvellous. Um, it we'll, will be. They'll have a great time. It'll be well, fantastic for them. Yeah. Um, before we, we'll talk about it a bit later, I think, John, because, um, Do we have to? yeah, well, yeah, Olympism. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Now, coming up next is our feature interview this week, and it's with Mr. Tyron Bernard from South Africa. Um, great chat coming up. Joining us on the reverse stick from South Africa is Mr. Tyron Jabu Barnard, here to talk all things PHL and indoor hockey. Tyron, welcome once again to the show. Yeah, thanks. Always always good having a chat with you. And uh, yeah, tons of hockey on, on my plate right now, so some great stuff to share. Well, you've been a busy boy, obviously. 
Yeah, yeah. So um, the past weekend, um, I was uh, in Zimbabwe in Harare for the historic uh, Zimbabwe and South Africa indoor hockey series. We've also got the PHL currently on the go in South Africa. We've just had our men's interprovincial tournament, and obviously our women uh, participating or attending at least the uh, Women's Hockey World Cup. Tyron, let's start with the the indoor stuff you mentioned there in Zimbabwe. I believe that was played on a transportable field, is that right? Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. So it's an old tennis court, um, you know, with that that real uh, concrete covering, and that's where they practice. So you must see all their practice sticks in Zimbabwe are all uh, completely uh, rubbed raw um, (laughs) and... and, uh, yeah, and what they did, they brought floor in from South Africa from a company called Belgatex, who are quite big in uh, supplying indoor hockey courts. It was uh, installed over two days. They put up a marquee over this. So they're in the middle of these sports fields, in the middle of Africa, um, was an indoor hockey court, which was simply sensational. I mean, they, they obviously offered a challenge that many indoor hockey courts don't, and that's that you had some light difficulties and some wind difficulty which you wouldn't be uh, used to in indoor hockey but I mean absolutely thrilling to see to see them put something together like this at we worked out at about the fifth of the cost of what an AstroTurf would would cost them is simply sensational and and the great thing is although that court was getting uh, taken down yesterday already or uh, disassembled already there is plans in place from one of the local clubs uh, in Harare to full time put a court down, which you think is just going to be such a great way to develop the game in Zimbabwe. And Zimbabwe have been taking some big steps forward in hockey recently too, haven't they? They're one of the, the sort of countries you think can really start making a breakthrough. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know what I got to see in the series. So, so it was the first ever indoor hockey test series played in Zimbabwe. Uh, the Zimbabwe woman played the South African woman. And the Zimbabwe men played the Namibian men. And those two series were the first of their kind. It was the first time international hockey's been in Zimbabwe since 2011. So that's, I mean, including outdoor. And what was really great is there is a passion, there is a drive. You know, we had 1,500 people watching an indoor hockey test match in Zimbabwe. I mean, we don't get that in South Africa. You know, we don't. Most countries don't get that kind of crowd. We we obviously get it when we use the Pro Series indoor, but it was packed. There wasn't place to move. It was, it was simply sensational. You know, the, the the probably the one thing that we would have liked um, to have done differently was the grandstands were outside the marquee, so you had to watch in between poles. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. other than that, it was absolutely sensational. How is it with that open air atmosphere? Like you described that there's a bit of wind or a, a bit less light, but you know, because there's a different atmosphere when you have that walls and the and the roof around you and you're enclosed somewhere. Yeah, I think it actually. Unfortunately, it takes a little bit of the the intimidation atmosphere that that you can build at a indoor indoor court. But what it does is it makes you very aware of things that are going around you the heat is very different it's a, it's quite a dry heat but you've got this breeze coming through the the biggest challenge was the light when it moved from daylight into into evening so at dusk you know before the artificial light took over there was a bit of a, a glaze kind of thing in the air and that made it a bit challenging 
but again, I think uh, both Namibia's men and South Africa's women um, were really fantastic with it. No, nobody complained. They looked at it as an opportunity to develop their own game and to help Zimbabwe develop theirs. You know, and ultimately, you know, we're not we're not fans of hockey fives. Um, we we participate in hockey fives where we have to. I personally think it is uh, not really not a great addition of the game. Indoor hockey gives opportunity to t- countries like Zimbabwe who who can't build a program for outdoor hockey, who can't build a facility for outdoor hockey. This gives them an opportunity to contest. We want to build African indoor hockey up because, you know, there's no reason why we can't get two African sides to the World Cup. There's no reason why we can't get three. You know, we we don't want to be a team that goes to the World Cup just to compete. We want to see what Namibia did this year, finishing ninth, and we want to go, you know, whoever goes from Africa, we want them to go and be fighting in that top six. We want to sit, you know, alongside Poland, Austria, Holland, Germany, uh, and and hold ourselves uh, account with that. The only way to do that is to regularly take part in tougher test series. It's very difficult for us to go to Europe or to get a European team out. So the logical sense is let's build up the strength of African hockey so that we're raising each other's game rather than dropping each other's. No, I think it's fascinating to, to to take the indoor outdoor and John and I were speaking about it before before the show and it's been talked about a fair bit is you know, hockey fives, well we've already got an alternative there with a six player format, which happens to be called indoor hockey. Do, do we get to the point where we just lose the indoor tag and the outdoor tag and there's eleven aside hockey and hockey sixes? Yeah, absolutely. I think you could. I think, you know, um, the great thing about indoor hockey is because it's played inside, you know, weather often doesn't um, deteriorate it or doesn't affect it. But in truth, that that test series could very easily, obviously not the evening games, but the daytime games could have been played without the marquee there. We could have taken the marquee down and played on an indoor court in an outside facility. You know... Having it outside often opens up a much bigger opportunity for interaction. I think in indoor hockey, or if we end up calling it hockey sixes one day, is a very spectator-friendly sport. Uh, it's very easy, as as I did in Croatia earlier this year, where I streamed the game off of an iPhone. You need one iPhone and you can stream a whole indoor hockey game. You can't do that with outdoor. And I just think, you know, if you go and read the Olympic Charter, and if you look at the types of sports they include soccer uh, aside, you look more and more at the reduced sport being there. And it, it it's something that boggles my mind that FIH didn't look at what they had already and decided, no, let's invent a brand new game which really goes away against the fundamentals of hockey. Hey, score from anywhere. Let's add an element of danger that we've been trying to remove from the <laughs> game. Um, and let's not take a product. You know, because... In essence, Hockey Sixes is exactly that. It is a a small version of outdoor hockey. Mm. It's still got the fundamentals. We've still got penalty corners. You can still only score from the D. It's a fast-paced game. You know, the the one match in the series, South Africa absolutely dominated, and they won three 0 They were they failed to to finish their chances. Um, but Zimbabwe still had nine or ten shots at goal, and and that's the great thing about. Uh, indoor hockey is it creates goal scoring opportunities 
for both sides in every game. You know, we're not looking at five circle entries a game. We're looking at 40 circle entries a game. I mean, that's just entertainment if, if ever you've needed it. Well, that's right. And, and if you're that side that are, are under the pump a little bit, there's still some hope there for your supporters and for the team. Absolutely. And, there, and there's no, there's no doubt. I mean, if we saw at the World Cup, every single team scored goals at the World Cup in, in February. Every single team. Even in the worst performers. In fact, I think, and, and, you know, someone will listen and go and, and audit it, but no team scored less than five goals in the World Cup. Men or women. Then you go to the Outdoor World Cup, which was a fantastic offering, by the way. Um, and there's many teams that left with only one or two or three goals. Yeah. And that's all you had to shout for it. Uh, you know, so if you want short entertainment, you know, I think indoor hockey gives you that. But again, you know, I, I love one day cricket, but I absolutely love test cricket because the bigger form of the game is there to expose, you know, and, and really bring out the difference in who your stars are in quality and all of that. But there's no reason why we can't have the shorter version of the game that, that opens itself to the entertainment, that opens itself to music, that opens itself to a carnival festival uh, in support of the game. So what was the wrap-up from, from the games on both the men's and the women's side? Yeah, so South Africa, Spa South Africa, um, you know, it's important to to give credit to a really, really fantastic sponsor in Spa. Um, they they won the series 5-0, uh, which was as predicted. It's uh, 15 straight wins now for them since the, the disappointment of the qualifier where they lost on a shootout to Namibia. And once again, it was a great opportunity for, for Lenny Burt, the coach, to expose new players um, to it, to international hockey. He had uh, Cindy Hack, the captain, 65 caps now in indoor hockey, which must be close to the leading mark anywhere in the world. And she was once again the standout star, but there was a great opportunity to introduce a youngster who I think you're going to hear a lot about, Edith Medikwe. Um, she's an outdoor sensation. She's an indoor sensation. She's playing incredible amounts of hockey, and she's only just turned 18. And she got her first caps, and she was really fantastic. Um, he had 20-year-old Tegan Faree there, uh, another really exciting prospect. And on the other side, Zimbabwe had three girls still in school playing international hockey for the first time. South Africa won the series 5-0, uh, the closest game being the second, which was a 1-0 struggle, you know, a battle between the two teams, but again, 1-0 in indoor hockey is can be a lot more entertaining uh, than what 1-0 sounds. There were f- tons of goal efforts, posts were struck, penalty strokes missed, um, keepers having some crazy games. Um, yeah, and, and 1-0 in the second test, 4-2 in the opening. It was a, a bit more routine in the third test when South Africa won 6-2. In the fourth test, they won it 3-0 after a 0-0 halftime. And then in the last test, 5-2. Um, Zimbabwe probably will look at the series and say they're happy with their performance. There were a lot of times where they were in the games where they just didn't take their opportunities. On the men's side, Namibia men, I mean, they look special. Their coach, Trevor Cormack, used the opportunity to, to pull up five new players, um, uncapped players. He also had Sia Bonga Martins playing. He's 48th. Um, test in the final test again 
bordering close to 50 test matches. There's not a lot of people who have 50 indoor hockey test matches around the world. And, and I think again, it just shows Namibia have embraced indoor hockey as the way to develop their outdoor game because they're exposing tons of youngsters to indoor hockey. They believe that they have an opportunity in indoor hockey. The country was galvanized by the World Cup performance of their ladies and, and they're putting their, their investment in time there, coaching the skills. You know, and as the coach shared with me, Trevor Cormack, he doesn't believe he can compete with the bigger countries when it comes to outdoor because the facilities they just can't keep up with, the pool of players they can't keep up with. But in indoor, they can. And so they spend much of the year with indoor running. They don't really ever take a break from indoor. And in much like a country like Austria, um, they could very much become an indoor specialist country. So it was two good series. Um, I think Zimbabwe, they have some special talent. They really just need to get a few good coaching sessions in, try and take opportunities like this to learn. Um, and and I know for a fact that uh, South Africa will be inviting the Zimbabwe women for a series next year to, to repay the favour. You know, and more of the same. We we want to try and look at ways of getting maybe the Zimbabwe women to come and play our provincial under twenty one men or something like that to give them an opportunity to develop because yeah, it was it was an entertaining series. There were lots of chances missed by both sides, but you know, in a period where, where we're all busy with outdoor hockey, it was quite a quite a nice little uh respite back into the world of indoor before we get straight back to outdoor again. Tyron, you, you mentioned some players there with games and stuff like, you know, games, approaching games records, etc. How many yeah. test matches could an indoor player expect to play in a, in a year, international games? Yeah, what's, what's yeah and, and this is where, where South Africa's ladies are very fortunate uh, for a fantastic sponsor in Spa. Um, Spa through Coach Lenny Buerta, yeah, um, you know, and his coaching team, have actually got a... I mean, in this year, they went to the Croatia Cup and played five tests. They played Zimbabwe now. They're playing Namibia. And they're planning on playing a series against Poland in Poland in January. So a South African, probably on average for the ladies, are looking at about 10 to 15 a year at most. For the men, they'll be very lucky if they get 10 in a year. Of course, they play in that PSI exhibition series, which... Is, is in essence a test match, but obviously does not count from an FIH point of view. Um, you know, and internationally, I think it's very much the same. We don't have a lot of indoor test series, which again, probably a bit disappointing. Uh, but yeah, if you look on an average of 10 per year, we've got players, I mean, we have two from South Africa, Jess O'Connor on 65, Sindiak on 68, or 67 or 68 now. You know, I, I can't think of too many around the world that would have more caps than that. Yeah, when you start factoring in the fact, you know, you, you might miss a test series because of a, a simple injury. You know, it might even be a two-week yep. injury, but you, it just happens to come at the wrong time. It, yeah, it's a, it's a fair career. I tend to think of careers in terms of years rather than games these days. But, um, yeah. I suppose for a lot of a lot of the, the players, you know, indoor hockey in their early career is really something they just do in the off-season. Whereas as you get late in your career, and I mean, you can look at the, the average age of the Polish side, um, of the Austrian side that won the World Cup. You know, you're, you're talking 32, 33. 
as an average age. So a lot of the guys, they, they play indoor hockey just to keep fit in the off-season. And as they get older in their career, they, they stop playing outdoor as much and they start playing indoor. So, again, where you're seeing 250 caps in outdoor hockey, you know, I, I think 50 caps is probably the equivalent of that in indoor hockey. Wow. Now, you mentioned before focus changing to... Uh, the outdoor game or getting back to the outdoor game and of course the PHL is back around again um, it's a little bit it's not a year since we, we were last in action in the PHL for those that don't know that, that are listening could you give us a, a bit of a brief rundown on, on what that competition's all about yeah so the PHL is back in its official time slots on the calendar uh, in August um, which is quite quite uh, fantastic in South Africa we we had the Department of Sports and Recreation, i.e. the government funding, come across and say they wanted a hockey tournament brought together that was not split along our provincial uh, lines. And, and so the idea of the Premier Hockey League was formed and, and over time it became an idea that was just fostered and fostered and then eventually in 2016 uh, it came to the front and, and with fantastic spa, uh, partners in Supersport. It's allowed every single game to be broadcast live. Um, Supersport has sent a producer to different FIH events to learn more about hockey, so the quality of the production is very high. What happens is we have 120 uh, players split across six teams. Each of the six teams are given, and, and this is across each gender, are given seven marquee players, so these are players with international experience, either for the full national side or for the under-21 national side where they've played at a World Cup. They then have a draft um, where certain players are retained from the prior year and then the coaches very much, um, it's modelled on the NBA, NFL model, go around and I, I was fortunate to sit in the draft this year and it's a fantastic thing to see how they barter with each other for players, how they wait their turn and pick and watch somebody pick someone they were going to pick um, yeah, and, and then they get their team together and it's played over a three week space. Um, it started this past weekend. Each of the six teams are named after some area in South Africa. So we've got the Maraping Cavemen named after the Maraping area. We've got the Blader River Bunters named after the Blader River. Um, and each of the teams now have started to develop a little bit of history. There's some players playing in, incredibly for their third different team in three years. And whether that's a compliment or not, I'm not sure. Um, there's some players playing for the same team in three years. You know, it's also been a great opportunity for SA Hockey to expose some of our up-and-coming coaches to a high-pressure cauldron. Because here you're on TV. The TV guys are going to see how you do. Everyone, the hockey public is going to see what you do. And you know what? The quality of hockey in the first week is often a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say lacking, but not quite at top level yet because you're putting people from different clubs and different provincial uh, sides into one team together and they've got to quickly in one week feel each other out. But as we progress, it gets better and better. I love having hockey on TV. I love that I was sitting in Zimbabwe and I was able to watch it. Um, I think that's great for the game. You know, it was, ironically, it was the opening weekend of the English Premier League and every one of our hockey ladies, as well as the Namibian hockey men, we stayed at the same hotel. 
nobody was interested in watching Premier League. We were all watching Premier Hockey League, which was, was quite fantastic. That's, that is great to hear because uh, that's one of the issues I have with the hockey public here is that most of them would rather be watching the local AFL game than turning on a game of hockey, even though that's the game they play, hockey. Yeah, I, I suppose the one challenge that we've had in the Premier Hockey League is just the, the public attendance, and it's a bit of a catch-22. Once you put hockey on TV, <laughs> you take away the the drive to go sit at the stadium because you know you can watch it at home um and and so it is a bit of a that that old conundrum we we don't have great crowd attendances across most of our sports in south africa if it, unless it's south african rugby um apart from that i mean kaiser chiefs is a, a local football team who have massive support and they played their opening game of their, their new season the other day in front of 200 people. <laughs> so we have a crowd attendance problem, but, you know, we've got so much, uh, Supersport covers so much sport here in South Africa, you know, we're very lucky for that. But it does uh, give you a little bit of a challenge. Quick question, uh, did Woody get picked? So Woody didn't get picked this year, unfortunately, but that's because he wasn't available this year because he's actually the assistant coach of the Addo Elephants. He uh, had a very good... Um, he coached the Southern Gauteng B-side at the National Trophy, and he finished in third place. Very tactical, astute coach. And, you know, no, you know, it might be coincidence, it might be luck, but Woody's arrived at the Elephants as the assistant coach, and they've won their opening two games. Yeah, maybe someone should have picked Woody last year. <laughs> sure. Just, just in, you're talking about the coaches there, though, Tyron. Um, now, I remember from last time around that Sheldon Rostrum was kind of overseeing a lot of stuff, and and there was a lot of debriefing sessions happening post games with the different coaches for the different franchises. Is that the same this time? Yeah, so it's a very similar thing. Mark Hopkins, the men's coach, and Sheldon Rostrum, who is currently still the, the ladies' coach, are at every PHL game. They're in Joburg for it. They're watching every game. They are having a lot of discussion. I know that um, Mark was the same at IPT at the Provincials. He was meeting with each of the Provincial coaches after the games, talking about it, but not instructing them what he wanted them to do, but speaking through what they were planning to do. You know, he's got a much bigger focus on, on the mindset than necessarily just the tactical side of the game, which is important because I think that's where we've often fallen short uh, in tournaments before so yeah the national selectors are there they're watching the uh, coaches are there they're watching the under 21 coaches for the ladies it's Robin van Ginkel he's watching because the daisies are not the under 21 side this year they are a full franchise whereas the men's side the Golden Gate Gladiators is the under 21 coach uh, Gareth Ewing's side and he is coaching them this year again so what does the tournament now look like going forward? That's the first week taken care of. When do they meet again? All right, so so this weekend coming, uh, past weekend has gone by, five games went by in each of the the tournaments, and the men's and the women's. This coming weekend, it's a bumper one. It's Thursday to Sunday, and it basically plays out the rest of the group stages. So all the teams will be looking to sneak into the top four because only the top four get invited back for the final weekend. Um you know, for semi-finals and finals, you know, we have the cavemen, the defending champions, who got two from two, 
We have the uh, Orange River Rafters, who are the women's defending champions, who got two from two. We have the Blider River Bunters from the ladies, inspired by Pumi and Banda in goal. Uh, and I mean, of course, if you watch the South Africa-Argentina game, you know how good she is in goal. Um, they got two from two. And, of course, the the Woody's... Uh, Woody's Adder Elephants also got two from two. They're they're a fantastic, entertaining team to watch because I don't think they really believe in defence. Um, they believe in <laughs> if you score six, we'll score seven, which uh, offers frenetic, crazy play, but it's really entertaining at times. And and they've got some great strikers in Julian Hawks and Miguel de Grasse. Now you just mentioned Mbande there, who did indeed have an incredible game in that last uh, last game at the, uh, the Vitality Hockey World Cup. Before we let you go, your thoughts on the South African performance at the tournament? Yeah, I, I was disappointed personally. As as a fan, I, I really had high hopes. I thought that we had selected a relatively good side. We had players with a lot of experience. We had players going to their fourth World Cups. Uh, players going to their third World Cups. We had a great core. I think in Pumi we have one of the best keepers we've ever had. Um, you know, and I really felt that we tactically got it wrong against Germany. I think against Spain we were we were woeful. Um, and you know, it, it's a game that I think we'll look back on with regrets because I think we got lots of things wrong. Uh, when we got back into the game at one all, or we were two one down. We made some decisions that just were boggling, you know, and uh, I suppose the most disappointing aspect was then we went and pulled out that performance against Argentina, yeah. because once again we showed we're capable, just couldn't do it consistently. Look, for, as an outsider looking in, I saw most of the games, mo- all of most of the games, uh, I think I'd be sending the girls down to the hardware store and getting them all to buy a bag of cement. I think they just need to harden up a little bit. Yeah, it's 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 best for me not to. Probably, we'll probably just chop that that bit, that bit out there. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going to leave that in. That, that's just as an outsider looking in. I have no idea. It just seems that at times they're a little bit fragile. Oh, I don't know about fragile. Do you see the ball that Tour Blanche took to the head? Yeah, at, do, times, do, do, at times. Do we have Do we have an update on the concussion there? Ah uh, well, she's actually Nicolene's actually missing uh, PHL just from a precautionary point of view, right? Oh, wow. um, from the concussion. Yeah, not good. Yeah, I think the doctors have just said she has to take the full six weeks off. Yeah, yeah. Um, good advice. So she will not be available. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose the other thing is, you know, we we always go to a World Cup and we talk about, you know, we did well for a lack of funding or a lack of a centralized program, and I just don't think that excuse flies when you have a World Cup where Ireland made the final. <laughs> where Italy made the knockout stages, where Spain picked up a bronze medal. Yeah. You know, and, and I think maybe it's time that we we look at ourselves, look at our shortcomings and we control the controllables. Yes, we don't have funding. But you don't need funding for fitness. That that's a good point. You know, so yeah. control the controllables and and you know, let's let's maybe time to move away a little bit from the the victim mentality and to adopt a little bit more of the the Irish uh, mentality being that hey nobody gives us a chance let's go prove them wrong yeah well it was certainly a fantastic tournament and, lo- and like like you say that I think uh, it was a disappointing first two results for the South African girls there but to to 
to play like they did in that third game and, and take it to Argentina. And, and yeah, and Bandy was just superb. I loved the smile on her face after the game as well. I think she said she, it was the, uh, the best game of hockey she's ever played in her life. Um, that, that was wonderful to see. And hopefully that gives a little bit of drive and, and, uh, helps build the spirit within the group. That, that was the game that stuffed Argentina up, wasn't yeah. it? Well, Essentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah put them in the wrong so part of the, of the draw. They didn't want to be in that part of the draw. Yeah, we'll take those, those small victories, but I'd like, like to take big victories going forward. You know, we have a, an open series tournament that we're going to have to play in the next 10, 11 months. We know that with our South African Sports uh, Council, Olympic Council, that uh, we're going to have to qualify via the open series. So it's not time to, to feel sorry for ourselves and lick our wounds. We have to bury the hatchet, put it away, that's been done, and start working for that because uh, by all means and purposes in June next year, we partake in an open series qualifier that if we miss out, we miss out on the Olympic Games. And I think that's, you know, that's an imperative focus area which should be for us is that we should be looking ahead towards that and, and saying, listen, how, we can't change what happened at World Cup. What went wrong? Let's fix it because we've only got 10 months to do it. Well, last time we spoke, there hadn't been a decision made on South Africa's entry into Hockey Series Open. What are the details on that? So I, I still haven't got any confirmation in terms of us entering um, Hockey Series Open. My understanding, though, um, through talking to, uh, let, me, let me call it a source at the FIH, um, is that we don't actually have a choice. <laughs> if, we, if we choose not to enter the Open Series, um, from an Olympic qualifying point of view, there will be a fine of yeah. some sort. Um, South Africa were actually down to host one of the, the final rounds. Uh, and from what I understand, um, that is no longer going to take place. Mm. Um, so I'm not sure where the Open Series will be, but I am sure that South Africa will be participating <laughs> and that our Olympic committee would not allow us to skip it. You heard it here first on the reverse stick, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's also just while we were talking about the World Cup, you know, I, I need to say it on the podcast. What a job, gentlemen, to get through a daily podcast. <laughs> and and not just a daily podcast. I mean, you know, Matt, Matt threw in a few of his normal gems, but to get through a quality daily podcast, I mean, I thought it was a fantastic offering at the World Cup and it's something realistically that uh, the FIH should look to do something similar you know to have a podcast it's a great medium for information uh, to listeners and in this modern world it's a great way to get more hockey content across to people so well done oh, thank you very much Tyron yep, it was an experience and one we enjoyed a lot we hope people got something out of it you know but uh, thank you very much yeah, for your kind so words. I'm a bit flattered, actually. <laughs> but certainly, so, <laughs> certainly something we, we think there's value in it, and we'd like to um, to try and replicate something similar um, in India later on in the year for the Men's World Cup. It would just be nice to get a sponsor on board, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Tyron, just before we do let you go, I've, I've, got, I've got one more question I want to ask. Well, it's not really a question. Would you like an opportunity to redeem yourself from your your last episode, uh, last appearance on the reverse stick? Hashtag stick it to John. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it okay. can't get worse than that. <laughs> uh, I've got one for you. Uh, it's it's going to be called um, Embarrass Matt. Okay. <laughs> 
Now, I, I've got one very simple question oh, no, to ask you here. Uh, one one here simple question. And if you get it right, it all will be with forgotten. No, it, it won't. Who <laughs> is leading the reverse stick goal scoring tally for 2018? <laughs> you know, my head and heart are both in the same place with this one. Would it be John Lee? Oh, fantastic. No, 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 I dispute that. You dispute it? Yeah. How many have you got? I've scored two this season. No, you haven't. Yeah, I have. You let one in too. But that doesn't count. Yeah, it does. I've what, two in, no, one out. It's, it's not an aggregate thing. It is. Of course it's not. You could have played out in the field and got another goal and been three. <laughs> <laughs> I missed three sitters at the weekend. Yeah, but you have no video for referrals left. You don't <laughs> 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 but I don't, I don't think you've been absolved of uh, that embarrassing <laughs> episode last time around. But um, be sure, like, I, I reckon it's probably a 12 month ban before you can take part and stick it to John again. Um, and I'm going to stick it to John this yeah, listen, weekend. I've been, I've been trying to drink as much beer as possible. <laughs> so I can remember it. Now. Is it still fresh when it gets to you from Belarusia? I don't think he really cares. Tyron, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, thank you so much for joining us, champ. We look forward to speaking to you soon. We're going to be keeping an eye out for the PHL over the next couple of weeks and uh, supportive of that competition. I'm not sure if we want to get behind the, the Namakloan Daisies again this year if it's not the under-21 team. Ages? Yeah. Uh, they yeah. didn't have a great opening weekend, so, you know, it, it, I mean, if you're going for impartial, you know, maybe look the way of the Bunters and Mbande. Oh, look, I'm, I just like the idea of following a team called the Bunters. <laughs> well, that's it. I've, I'm actually quite well known for the Alan Bunt around the field. Can't hit okay. a ball, but I can bunt one. <laughs> There we go, perfect. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Tyrone. We'll let you get back to work and uh, get back to all that great stuff you're doing for South African hockey and the indoor hockey world in general. And if anybody wants to read about what's going on in South African hockey at the moment, where can they find the information? Yeah, go go over to Sports 24-7. That's the number 24, the word 7, dot co dot za. Um, and also, obviously, on sahockey.co.za. Tyrone, a pleasure as always. We'll speak soon. Thank you very much. You are listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast, and that was Tyron Barnard from South Africa, talking a bit of South African hockey, but uh, international indoor hockey as well. Oh, there's certain relevance um, to what Tyron talks about that's happening in South Africa that you know can can really resonate with different hockey countries all over the world it's you know as we always we say it's different in different parts of the world and there can't be a catch-all solution for everything and uh it's it's always good to see something different a little bit concerned though that he's trying to do us out of a job there john yeah yeah tyron yeah don't don't worry about the foih get the foih to pay us to do it well that that's the way to do these podcast things i think super to have him on and uh yeah looking forward to getting you back tyron for some more stick it to john (laughs) <laughs> down the track I think you've got to listen back to episode 56 or it is a minus mate it's minus one you let one in it's a minus one <laughs> ok let's move on now because there's plenty of other stuff to be talking about hockey and that was a very lengthy interview so we've got to get through as much as we can as quickly as we can we've got through the hockey series open Asian games youth Olympics um 
player committee, just quickly, the International Hockey Federation has opened up nominations for their athletes committee, a link, key link between those who play and the governing body to make sure the athletes have a voice in the FIH decision-making process. Um, unfortunately, all nominations must reach the FIH by the 25th of August, so it doesn't give you much time in order to commence voting. If you are interested in representing athletes across the world, contact your national association and ask them to put forward your name as a nominee to eduardo.leonardo at fih.ch. Get in touch with us if you need that email address. What do you need to do to qualify to be an athlete? Uh, as an athlete, on to be a member of the Athletes Committee, candidates must have played at an FIH competition within four years as of the 1st of September 2018. Uh, members will be expected to commit to six to eight days each per year, plus travel time and attend Athletics Committee meetings twice a year and be the Athletics Committee's representative at at least one other FIH panel or committee and attend other stakeholders, athlete forums and symposiums in your geographic region. Be in regular email and telephone dialogue regarding related matters. There's also liaison members who must be current players who have played at an FIH competition within the last 12 months and be part of their current National Association squad. Which is great, you know, you need those sorts of organisations. I think the FIH are, you know, in some ways mitigating against the Players Union, which will be coming soon, don't worry. Once the Pro League gets up and running and players realise the inequities within the system that exists there, they will be banding together to make sure they all get a better cut of the pie. That's another conversation. Yeah, they kind of have, um, they kind of have a, a, a sort of thing in some countries, don't they? There, there is an association in Australia, it, it kind develop. of. Yeah. It, it's developed in every other sport and the hockey won't be able to stop it. It yeah. will come. What I would like to say is I'd like to... That, that's the Athletes Committee. I think we need a Plonkers Committee. Now, you putting your hand up for it? I am. but and, and I'm, Plonkers might be a bit of a derogatory term, but what I'm, the idea I'm getting at here is that the athletes deserve their, their voice within the FIH because they're the people that are putting on the show and yep. blah, blah. But so do us Plonkers because we're the ones that are expected to pay for the show. We are the consumers of the brand. And if you're not engaging with us and we don't like the rules anymore, we'll walk. If we don't like the, the, the competition we're seeing, we'll walk. Didn't you get invited to the focus group? What focus group? Oh, obviously not. Did you? No. Okay. Oh, no, no. Well, you know. Well, focus groups aren't good enough. I think we need a committee like that, the Plonkers Committee. And so the FIH can go, look, we're doing all this at international level. What do you guys think? Oh, well, that, you know, that, that works well on international level. We struggle with it because of this. Let's face it, 90% of hockey players are not going to play, um, you know, international yeah, F- hockey F- F- or F- anything F- like that. FIH have no, in- no interest in club hockey. That's, it's, they, they see themselves as, as far, as far, well as, far as far above that and, and to be in control of uh, the international level of the game and they feed everything else down to national associations, state, county, whatever, provincial associations around the world. They may have well have no interest, but we are consumers now because you're trying to flog a product. And when you try and flog a product, you need consumers to buy it, which is you and I. And if we're not well, it, prepared to buy that product, guess where it's going? It is, it is you and I. Well, mate, this is a whole other debate about engagement of the hockey family and uh, getting eyes around things. You, you know, you, you, you see the, the tournaments that are online and the viewership that's on there. <laughs> I do. Um, and uh, you can get more for a local league game 
of hockey than you can for some international games. Well, uh, a local league game of hockey, uh, YouTube or, or Foxtel can't give me a toasted sandwich. That's what, that's the beauty of going to a local league, getting down and supporting local hockey, but, you know, I want to be able to watch games if we, we've been yeah. through that. I didn't hear anything about the ham and cheese toast. Plonkers theater. committee. Plonkers committee. Get onto it. Okay. Maybe, maybe, ladies and gentlemen, you can think of a, a, a different term for that, but you get what he's on about. Your turn on the reverse stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. What do we talk about? Well, I looked on um, WebMD the other day. You know, I've had trouble with my right knee. Yeah. Um, and I've not really been walking <laughs> properly. And uh, somebody said, well, maybe you've got Olympism. I said, so, so I looked on um, WebMD and had a, uh, yeah, had a bit of a search. You, it's not even on there. It's what, not Olympism? Olympism's not even on there. I, I'm a bit concerned that it could be um, oh, a new disease, no. and I'm the first one to get it. I know who you should get in touch with. Who? Thierry Villon. Why? Because is he a doctor? He, he must be a medical ex- expert of No, I'd get in touch with Dr. Batra, wouldn't I? But, well, I don't know. I'm not sure you would for Olympism. No? Oh, no, actually, he would he'd be, be the Olympic man. committee. He'd be he'd, the man. He'd be the man. He's probably an expert in the field of Olympism. Look, this this is a quote we've got to read Do you think it's contagious, you? John? It could be, yeah. Is it catching? Well, is it, yeah, is it a genetic thing or is, oh. it, is it contagious? That's a good point, yeah. Olympism. Look, is it a lifestyle thing? We're is taking it, the mickey, but it's worthwhile taking the mickey up. This this is a quote from Thierry from the FIH website. Um, read into it what you will, because I've read plenty into it. The Youth Olympic Games are a fantastic opportunity for the world to see the future of our sport, comma. Now, I'm only going to read half of that quote for now. The Youth Olympic Games are a fantastic opportunity for the world to see the future of our sport. Now, within that just that little line there, you think, oh yes, he's talking about the, the wonderful young players that are coming through and, and the futures that they're going to have on the, on the field. Or, or. Okay, let me read that. Or. Or. Uh, I'm um, reading it again, this time continuing from the comma. The Youth Olympic Games are a fantastic opportunity for the world to see the future of our sport, whilst also giving these athletes the first taste of Olympism. Now you could still read into that your initial thought on on that statement, but 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 if you take it that the whilst it, you take the whilst out of there and then just have also given these athletes their first taste taste of Olympism, um, yeah, you could just read read it as the future of our sport five is five hockey. That that there's that level to it. Yeah, I'm sure that's not what he meant, but the, within that quote, it's very easy for. Drongos like me to uh, read that sort of stuff into yeah, well, it. Well, as we, you know, you heard from Tyron earlier on about the success of the sixes, hockey sixes. Let's just let's stop calling indoor hockey indoor hockey, John. Let's just start calling sixes. it hockey sixes. Okay. Um, and let's put a ban on using the term hockey fives on this show. We're not going to say it anymore. We're going to call it the uh, the game that should not be named or something like that. And I think that we should also find each other five bucks every time we say field hockey. That is so annoying. Oh, but you need to do it for for certain markets in the world. That's that's the thing. No, it's hockey. Right? Yeah, ice but, hockey is yeah, ice but hockey you think is of the, hockey. No, no, but hockey you think hockey. of the poor buggers that are struggling in the US and Canada, um, and they say hockey. Like you, I even get it here in Australia where ice hockey is virtually non-existent, and I'll say well, to somebody that I play hockey, and the, the, but they'll have to say they'll say oh, field hockey. You don't to, change to, to, people's to perceptions 
by allowing them to continue. We've no, got to make no, the effort to change those perceptions and you do it by making changes like that and saying, no, we are not field hockey, we are hockey. I hear you. I support the sentiment with it, but we've got to be uh, a little bit respectful <laughs> of um, people across the world in different markets where they're struggling with it. Every It's a struggle. Come on, hockey family. Raise your fists. Raise them high. Stick together. Um, John, it come on. Be down, down, down. That's okay. Olympism. Danny Kerry got the top job. Just for... stop breathing this far, oh, mate. Sorry? I can't catch that, can I? The Olympism? Yeah. No, it's oh, good. I'll be no, fine. No, no, you're okay. fine. It's okay. Danny Kerry. Do you want me to wear one of those little masks? It might be better. That, that, I feel um, more that comfortable. short corner defenders wear. Oh, no, that's a bit too Hannibal Lecter for me. Um, Danny Kerry. Yes. Switching from the women's uh, England and GB job to the men's England and GB, GB job after Bobby Crutchley stepped down uh, a couple of months ago. Oh, there's obviously the influence of Dr. Batra and the Indian Association in that decision, isn't there? Why is that? Oh, putting the men's coach and the women's coach into the men's position. Is he going to go back in six months' time? Well, no, Bobby, Bobby's know. off doing uh, a role with gymnastics in the, in the oh, UK, he is, isn't yeah, he? he is. Yeah. Um, and did some very good comments. Com- tumble turn? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go. <laughs> There's been a bit of commentary about it. Do you want me to lead it off? Yeah, go, go for it. Well, um, what do you say? Danny Kerry's been appointed. Um, Steve... Well, Jay Bloom, Phil. Jay Bloom. That's Jay's. Jay from Hockey World News. Now, he put out a tweet. Uh, Hockey World News put out a, a tweet saying, Today, England hockey confirmed rumours circulating in the media for some time are, are true. And Danny Kerry is a new ho- coach of GB hockey and England hockey. Uh, now, he repo- reposted his own post. If <laughs> you think of it that way. It's retweet. Retweet. That's yeah. the one. Uh, and said, A great coach, but the last three worldwide, in inverted commas, searches that at England Hockey have done have all ended with promotions from within. Hashtag Bisham Abbey. Don't know what that means. Others no, Bisham, That's a national training centre. Okay, right. Yeah. The current men's hashtag Olympic champions coach applied for this role, exclamation mark. Now, this started off what I think is a really interesting conversation about coaching and coaching appointments. Uh, the Hockey Geek replied with, does winning Olympic gold mean that the coach should have been given the role? Did that coach fit EH coaching philosophy and culture they are building? Uh, Jade replied with, who said that he had to be given the role? I was stating that the Olympic winning coach had applied. Anyway, uh, eventually I made the point that, that I didn't think there was any hard and fast way to appoint a coach. And sometimes it's right to go through nominations, etc. And sometimes you just got to grab someone because you can and my comment at the end of that was rigid orthodoxy in coaching matters cost dollars in performance. Well, now, look, to, to, to start with, there's, there's... That's that's to kick off this conversation. The, 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 there's the question of, uh, was he headhunted? Were there conversations that took place and he, and he came across? Or did he apply for the role? From what I understand, he applied for the role. Is, but have those conversations taken place going, you need to apply for this role? And then is there a clouding of judgment on what, on, on the appointment because of having somebody from very, very much within the system? Okay. I don't know enough necessarily about all the comings and goings. Okay. But what I do know is that I don't agree at a philosophical level that, um, he should be both England and Great Britain coach at the same time. 
yeah. And then we can talk that's about a whole other that, argument exactly. about so that, I don't want that, to get that GB, that. the GB yeah. setup, and, and there would be, um, undoubtedly Scots, Welsh, yeah, well, Northern, Northern Irish hockey people that would just go, uh oh, there's, uh, there's going to be another lockdown on, uh, on the selections for the GB team anyway. Which is a totally different. I may be wrong. You know, I may be I wrong. I don't want to get too much into that because it's not actually the point of this conversation. But eventually during the conversation that, um, Hockey Geek made the point that, uh, does winning it, oh, no. Does winning an Olympic gold medal, the coach should be, have been given the role? Did that coach really, oh, we mentioned that, where you were coaching philosophy and culture they are building. Now, my idea was, well, you don't always go for a coach. Uh, Hockey Geek says it's really important to find the coach that suits long-term development. And I replied, unless you have a real good development program anyway, national coaches are there to put icing on the cake. Hockey associations already play pay plenty of people to do the development who will be there long after a national coach is gone regardless of results. Now the hockey geek replied with, so are you saying that it doesn't matter that the senior national team, what the senior national team have as principles, or no longer matter that juniors are exposed to environments in the player pathway and it all goes out of the window in the senior national team? If so, that's definitely not what we believe. And look, I don't believe that either, but that's not really what I was trying to get at. It was more that every situation is going to be different. England hockey should not need some bloke to come in at the top and start dictating terms from the head coaching position about cultures and all that sort of stuff because they're a strong enough hockey association and pay plenty of people good enough money who do work in development. That's what their job is. So in a situation like England or the Dutch, they are asking for a coach to put the finishing touches on Oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. And look after that group and use yeah. the management skills on each of yeah. those individuals. And Now, if you're Silas Bangs from Sierra Leone and you're looking for a national hockey coach, the person that the hockey geek is describing is exactly the person you want to be in there. That's Almost right. control freak. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if, if possible, get nationalisation pretty quickly so they can represent you <laughs> in, in the tournaments. No, the, the point being is every situation is going to be different and that if you... Is there a proper procedure that you can only follow for appointing a coach? I'm not sure that there is a single procedure that everybody must follow and that's the only way to appoint a coach. Of course there isn't. No. Okay. No, it's, no, it's, it's every different individual situation has got its, its, its different needs and, and uh, requirements for the role, hasn't it? Well, only, you only have to look at um, Danny's role with the women's team to understand how quickly circumstances can change for people too and sometimes you just got to make decisions. He went home from the Hockey World Series because he had a heart condition. Now, Hockey World League. Hockey World League. Yeah. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's likely to reoccur. I know nothing about his medical history. But it did happen. And, and so... It can happen to other people too. You can lose a coach for all sorts of reasons so far out yeah, of Yeah, so you control. can't have your whole system based on that one person and that, that well, one yeah, person's and, views. And you can't also have your whole system based around going through the same process every time that you need a coach. You lose your coach three months out from the, the World Cup, what are you going to do? Are you going to put out the worldwide feelers to try and get someone in and spend eight weeks or you know two months trying to do it? No, you're just going to go and grab somebody. 
Look, whilst we're talking about coaching, uh, let's you say go to the other side of the world. I'm going to take you to the other side of the world now, John. Okay. This is uh, a headline from the, I think it's New Zealand Herald. Uh, it wouldn't <laughs> be much of a headline. Black stick sticks women's coach opened rift with squad after mistakenly emailing criticism of team to players. Uh oh. <sighs> um. Yeah, don't think the CC was needed. Uh, a slip of the fingers has caused embarrassment for Hockey New Zealand and its national women's coach, Mark Hager. One News have reported, former Australian international striker, they've got to get that in there, and long-term Blacksticks coach Hagar inadvertently sent an email critical of some players to more than the intended support staff. The email reached his players in it. Hager was critical of players for being struggling to run, being unable to do repeat efforts at training and battling to push through pain and heat. Hagar also made the point the players do not train hard enough. The Blacksticks, who were ranked fourth at the time, had a poor World Cup campaign in London last month, failing to reach the last eight and dropping two spots in the world rankings. Uh, this is, of course, after they won the Commonwealth gold against Australia earlier in the year. Um, Hagar, a straight-shooting personality who has kept the Blacksticks among the world's elite teams throughout his term, is in his tenth year in charge. He apologised for his comments, which he acknowledged were poor, and he had no excuses. And then it goes on to say about... Um, responsibility and blah 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 but they've healed all the uh, the rifts and everything oh, um, okay. what do you think he apologised for his comments which he acknowledged were poor and he had no excuses what was he apologising for an assessment of the team he coaches yeah by the looks of it oh, ok I, I, I get the feeling that five minutes after they lost their final game at the World Cup he would have said those words to the players or words very similar is, uh, is there really a story yeah I mean, the story in there is he, he, he sent an email to people he'd probably said those things to previously. Oh, no, I think, there, I think there were a few upset parties within the, within the group. But within the playing group? Yeah. Oh, that's another case of drink the cement, thank you very much. Yeah. Because we watched you play at the World Cup, and I don't see anything wrong with any of those criticisms of the playing group, do you? Another good segue straight on to the World Cup. The uh, Last week we talked about the announcement from uh, one of the pollies in Ireland about that 1.5 million oh, yes. euros um, additional funding to go towards Olympic programs. We did mention that, uh, yeah, that's going to be split up across uh, by Sport Ireland. Well, hockey's been the winner out of that 1.5 million euros, 500,000 of those euros going to Hockey Ireland. How many... Uh, um Australian pesos is that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you can work it out at home. Um, but that's good news. That's a fair chunk of that, and they're looking to integrate with the um, the national kind of institute of sport and to get closer links there and uh, and help with some of the costs towards uh, their their Tokyo dreams. Uh, what else we got, John? Uh, Rockhampton, congratulations, congratulations to, uh, Rocky in, uh, in Queensland. They've got the 2019 Oceana Cup. Oh, Just good. a shame that some of their best players over the past <laughs> few retired. years won't be there to play. <laughs> They've retired over the past couple of years. They've had a few games up there though in the recent times, haven't they, Rocky? They've got, they've got a couple a, of, te- a couple of tests, got a great, yeah. Sa- um, yeah. hockey centre up there, I believe. I've never been there, but. Um, coming up in a moment, John, we're going to do our HWC Photos 2018, uh, competition draw from everybody who retweeted on Twitter but we'll come to that in just a moment are you on score.com yeah I told you that That's but good. I still you, haven't have you connected with the reverse stick on there yet John 
John hasn't. Don't be like John, ladies and gentlemen. You get onto score.com and come and connect with the reverse stick. You can, of course, connect with us as well on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at the reverse stick. And if you want to get in touch direct, you can email John at the reverse stick or Matt at the reverse stick, and uh, you might get a reply. Alternatively, you could come around to this gloriously asbestos-covered shed in uh, suburban Perth and sign up on my computer, and while you're there, you can... Do it all for me as well, because I've got no clue. Okay. Come what on else a little we bit. Got? Oh, no, we need this first. You're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast, and Matt's got some more bits. I have got some more bits. Uh, commiserations, it seems, to Harlow Hockey Club in oh, England. Yeah. I read quite a sad piece on uh, from a, a local newspaper there online that after 65 years, they are no more. Um, after been relatively successful with numbers even going back to 2016 with hockey fest programs um, but they've seen a bit of a, a demise in the numbers fairly rapidly due to uh, lack of a local pitch and there was some um, some promises for funding for it to a, a pitch that was vandalized to um, reappear or you know be refurbished but it didn't happen and uh, unfortunately Harlow are, are no more as it seems be nice to think that the community could bandy together and certainly the local council try and do something there to get a facility there that there could be a reprise of the club next year just because you've gone for this season guys doesn't mean you have to be gone forever no also Newquay Hockey Club down in the southwest um, in Cornwall they're, uh, they don't have a pitch they've got nowhere to play they have to travel I don't think they've even got a grass field that they, they can play on there Hockey England would be nice if you can help them out there these are people that want to play the game um, and they're not able to do that in their local area if we want hockey everywhere we want the game to grow we need to have centres little hubs all over the bloody country in every country victims of the turf at any cost mentality yep it, absolutely John and it it's, goes back 20 years 20 years by God. when I played in the, initially <clears throat> maybe 14, 15 playing senior hockey in England I think it was only the men's ones and maybe the twos that played uh, league hockey Everybody else mirrored uh, the same club, so you're down to four, from your threes, fours, fives, six, seven, eights, all the way down. It'd be playing against the same club. It would be a friendly game every week. Um, it certainly wasn't always played in a friendly spirit. <laughs> um, but everybody was together rather than all over the place at different turfs and different times. And this is something we we really need to look at hard with our. our um, with that game you ticked everything off that sheet yet Don't before think we so. get to the last one TRS World 11 on the socials we'll do oh. that we'll do that in the uh, in the feedback yeah. we'll do the feedback and then we'll do the draw right at the end <laughs> yes time to find out what's going on on the social media I'm just climbing up those followers rankings Matt the followers rank 77 knows the lingo, I would he? like to thank everybody that's taken the time out to go Oh, I'll follow that bloke. Because it's it staggers me. Stag- it staggers Matt. That staggers me as well. Jeez. Um, look, you know, if you're not following us on Twitter yet, just sign up to a Twitter account. You don't have to service it. Just follow us, and then you can sign out again and, and yeah, leave fine. it forever. We would appreciate a like, a follow, a retweet, a share, anything you can do to help us spread the word of the Reverse Dick, the Global Hockey Podcast. And of course, this is show number sixty, John. Uh, just having a little I look at call Instagram. Stagger, yeah, stagger the, how you go when you come off the field? Got a little bit of that. Oh, it's uh, a song. 
Little comment from John O'Shea that we mentioned uh, last week. He got married. Hashtag TRS yes. World Eleven. Well done, sir. Uh, at the reverse stick, pre-season was extremely tough this week. Three weeks of Guinness to sweat out of the body. Brilliant. Yeah, but polar opposite. You don't want to sweat it out. Only on the field. That's why you've got to load it up so you can sweat it out on the field. Yeah, polar opposite is uh, um, pencil. Hashtag TRS World Eleven. Back to business tonight. Out. Out with the triathlon and in with hashtag pre-season training. Hashtag TRS World 11 at the reverse stick at Wapping Hockey Club. You said that about 35 years ago, didn't you? Out with the triathlon? <laughs> um, uh, yes, no, probably yeah, 43 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Look, there's something, there's something I do like a fish. It ain't swim. <laughs> what? <laughs> drink, drink, drink like a fish. Not, but term? not swimming. No, not swimming. Okay. Have we implanted that bit of your genome yet? Because all Australians can swim. Oh no, I can sw- I can swim. I just choose not to. Okay. If I'm do if I'm if I'm going to do physical exercise, um, I'm going to keep this clean. It's going to be in a team on a hockey field with a stick in my hand. Okay. Did I keep that clean? Close to clean. Uh, well, any more social stuff? Because we've got to get to this draw. No, great stuff. Uh, Ernst Bart made comment. Uh, oh, you, you you let slip last week that did he's I? got a, a podcast starting <laughs> up. You need to get on to Twitter, check out Studio Hockey Podcast. Um, yeah, jump on there and you'll find all the links. And uh, we'll have Ernst on fairly soon to have a chat. All part of the podcast collective. Is that yeah, the right the word? Ho- hockey, hockey, hockey okay. podcast. Hockey, hockey podcast collective. Yeah. Very good. Brilliant. He's, he's getting trained slowly but surely. He's getting <laughs> trained. Okay, draw time. All right, draw time. All right then, John. Here we go. Here we go. What's that? I've got the special computer with all the entrance in there again. Where's the barrel girl? <laughs> go on, put your hand in the bag. <laughs> what do you got there? Let's have a look. Pass it over to me. And the winner is, and this is for the collage print yep. from Capture the, Capture the Event. Of course, you can go and purchase one of those yourself. You can even purchase a postcard with Hockey World Cup images uh, from as little as four pounds do- uh, to send it to somebody. That's a great deal, isn't it? Mm. You get into that. Well I'm not, done. I'm not sure what's going on there. We've got a drum roll coming there. It sounds like you're no, about I, to announce something. No, though. I just I just left the YouTube running there, but uh, before before something else pops up, we better stop that. Oh, um, our winner is Emma. Um, so Emma, well done. Uh, I'm not going to give out your Twitter handle, uh, but I will DM you and uh, get no, in get in touch. Emma, just Emma. Just Emma. She's a goalkeeper, 19, from, uh, from NLHC, sponsored by Baku Hockey. Where's where's where does she play? NLHC, which is where a hockey club in. Um, Weather looks like it's England. But I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm just, oh, we'll I'm, find just out. I'm just, click, I'm just, yeah, we'll we're going to we'll, DM. We'll, yeah. That's it. We'll work it out. So well done, Emma. Thank you for retweeting. Thanks for everybody else for taking part. Um, and of course, don't forget to go and check out hwcphotos2018.com, where you can get some custom collage prints. You can put your own photo in there. You can get great action shots from various days, various teams. I'm sure there's even one for the officials there as well, John. Uh, there's one for everybody, Matt. I'm sure. And at that cut price cost they'll be flogging in for them thank you for listening to show 60 ladies and gentlemen yes. we'll uh, we'll be back next week we will with more hockey action and more hockey results and more hockey just gibbering here in the shed 
too much hockey? Nah, there's never too much hockey. They were good goals, mate. Just quietly. Good goals. <laughs> Don't ask me about the ones I missed. See ya. <laughs> Looks like I might be really struggling this week. What is that? Oh, a bit of Olympism. Mm.